I was um, doing some reading this week and I discovered some statistics about bad accidents, about fatal accidents, where they happen. And um, apparently 20% of uh, these accidents happen in cars. 17% happen in the home. 14% happen in, uh, as you're out walking on the streets of pedestrians. And 16% happen uh, through rail, air and sea travel. That leaves 33% if you were doing the maths quickly then. 32% of other deaths happen in hospital. Did you know that, this is where the statistics get really good, 0.001% of people end up dying in church. And most of those people have already had some form of illness already. So... It's good to see you this morning because it's the safest place, one of the safest places for any of you to be. A good reason, perhaps, for coming to church. No, to be honest with you, if I was giving a list of good reasons to come to church, uh, or those those statistics are true, um, that wouldn't be one of the reasons that I would give. Perhaps one of the most important reasons I would give for coming to church is this one. You were formed for God's family. You were formed for God's family. Let's remind ourselves briefly of where we've come on the journey so far, the story so far in the 40 days of purpose. The first week, we looked at this question, what on earth am I here for? And um, as we looked at this, we said that if we wanted to know what our purpose in life is, what on earth we're here for, we need to look at what the Creator designed us for. And we looked at Ephesians at that particular point, and um, this verse, all things are done according to God's plan and decision. And God chose us to be his own people in union with Christ because of his own purpose, based on what he had decided from the very beginning. From the very beginning, God had decided to create us, to create you and me, to live in union with him. He loved us so much that he created us to be in union with him. And as we've continued with our journey, we've then said, well, if that's the case, if God has created us to live in union with him, we need to ask ourselves, how do we go about living out this purpose? And the first response that we gave last week was this, you will plan for God's pleasure. In other words, we need to worship. And the verse we looked at there was, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. We were planned to live in union with God, to respond to the love that he first gave to us by worshipping him. And as we worship him, we bring God pleasure. But of course, God has not created us just as individuals. In the same way that God wants me to be in a relationship with him, God wants you to be in a relationship with him. And in the same way that God wants everyone in this place to be in relationship with him, so he wants everyone in other churches to be in relationship with him. And so he wants everyone throughout the world to be in relationship with him. God's created us to be part of his family. You were formed for God's family. You were created to be a part of that. 
let's face it, you know, when we die and we go to heaven, we're going to spend all eternity with other people. So let's get used to being part of God's family here on earth. It's what God has designed us for. So this morning, we're going to think about this. You and I have been formed to be part of God's family. And there are four things that I want to speak about, about what that will mean for us. Because it's all very well saying we're formed for God's family. But the whole idea of these 40 days of purpose is for us to think about what does that mean for our lives. And there are four things that I want to share this morning. The first step, step one, is belonging to a group. Paul wrote, love one another warmly as Christian brothers and sisters and be eager to show respect for one another. If we're to love one another warmly as Christian brothers and sisters, we need to be in relationship with one another. We may be born into a family. All of us will have a mother and a father. That's how we get born. We have natural human families that we're born into. Of course, families do break down as well for many reasons, and some people will not have known their parents. But even so, they have been born with a mother and a father. We are born again as believers in Christ. But we have to make a firm decision that we're going to be part of a family, to interact with others. We have to make that decision. Are we going to do it? Sometimes I've come across people who say things like, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church. I don't really feel the need to. For me, that's a bit like somebody saying, hey, I'm a really good footballer, but I don't feel I need to be part of a team. You know, it just doesn't make sense. We're actually made to live in relationship with God and with one another. You and I have been formed to be part of his family. And so the first step we need to take in practically responding to this call on our lives, this purpose on our lives, is to decide, am I going to make the effort to belong to a group? Because it's not easy. Am I going to make the effort? Am I going to give the time to this? It's not easy. Research has suggested that on average it will take people who come into a church one year of regular attendance before they begin to feel that they are a part of the church family. Twelve months, that's a long time to keep going. That can be speeded up. If people get really involved in things like small groups, then they suggest that that time is reduced. But on average, that's only an average figure, So for some people, it will take longer. We need to make the decision. Am I going to put the effort in to belong to a group? There are various signs that show that we say, yes, I am committed to a group. One of those is baptism. When we get baptised, we firmly identify ourselves to be a follower of Christ. We say, yes, I want to nail my colours to the mast... Through baptism, I am identifying with God's people everywhere and saying, I follow him. That's part of what baptism is about. It's about saying, yes, I belong to the group of Christians. I give my life to Christ. Another thing that we do, which we've celebrated this morning, 
is we actually commit ourselves to one particular group of people, to a church, to say, I will actually give my all to that place as well. I recognize God's calling on my life to be in that one particular place. And that's not always easy. But I believe God calls us to make commitments to say, I will be living with a group of people and I will live out my Christian life with them. You were formed for God's family. First step is to deliberately make the decision to belong to a group. We will never find a perfect group. You know, we will, wherever we go, we will struggle. The church won't always do the things we like. The people there won't always be the easiest ones to live with. But we're called to belong to a family, to a church family. For that's what we're formed for. That's where we find our purpose. You were formed for God's family. We need to belong to a group. Have you made the decision to identify yourself with a group of Christians? Have you made that decision? Are you following it through? Step two. Partnership in God's work. We have many parts in the body, in the one body, and all these parts have different functions. Paul goes on to say things like, you know, we all have different gifts. If it's to share God's message, you should share God's message. If your gift is to teach, you should teach. If it's to encourage others, you should encourage others. If it's to serve, you should serve. If it's to work hard... You know, you should work hard. If it's to show kindness, you should show kindness. Whatever your call is, you need to take part in it. We have many parts in the one body, and all these parts have different functions. You know, I have to say, I'm rather attached to all the parts of my body. I um, (laughs) am. I I like that. You know, my arm, if it wasn't attached to me, would be no good whatsoever. We need to make sure that we are a part of the body. For that's where we find our greatest use when we share and are a part of Christ's body. I'm not going to say too much more about this one because we're going to talk in more detail about this in a few weeks' time when we come to look at ministry. But let's remember that part of being in God's family is that we take our responsibility for doing God's work within that. Are you sharing with a group of other Christians in the work that God has called you to do? We're not called to be like a lighthouse working on our own. We're called to share in community with the work that God has called us to. Step three, sharing with others. I've taken these quotes from the NRSV. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. There was a man who was um, walking out in town and as he walked past a second-hand bookshop, he saw one there entitled How to Hug. And he thought, oh, that sounds good. So he went in and went to buy it. Uh, When he he did that and and looked at it, he realised that actually it was part of an encyclopaedia with the words running from how through to hug. 
not quite what he had in mind. You know, at churches, we have to be careful. We talk about the need for fellowship. We talk about the need to love one another. We're good at the theory, at sharing the theology behind it. But are we good at the practice? Are we at the how to hug the encyclopedia stage? Or are we the how to hug we're in relationship with one another stage? We need to contribute to the needs of the saints. Paul was particularly here talking about their uh, practical needs. That there were some people who were very poor. And Paul was speaking about you know, how he, there shouldn't be anyone in the Christian community in physical need. People should rally around and help one another. And of course that's the same in the Christian family today. We should make sure that if people have needs, we're there to help them. Sometimes those will be very practical needs. It may be just about sharing with people when they're in hospital going to visit them. Or when they're out of hospital and need some help. Or unwell. And we go around and offer practical help. And I know there are a number of people here who are very good at doing that sort of thing. That's part of what it means to be made, formed for God's family. We should also, emotionally this comes out, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. We're here to share our lives with one another. Yet when there are good things in our lives, we share them. We celebrate together. When there are difficult things, we walk with people and we share their sadness and their hardship. That's what it means to be a part of God's family. That's what we're called to do to walk with one another, to share in the good times, to share in the bad times, to help one another practically when we can help one another practically. And I know I keep going on about small groups, and I know we keep talking about those, but this is the lifeblood of where this happens. You know, it's great that we have tea and coffee after the service. That's fantastic. But we won't develop true fellowship with one another over one cup of tea after a service once a week. True fellowship happens when we actually share our lives with one another. And that requires a sacrifice. We may have other things that we want to do with our time. But if we're serious about fulfilling our purposes that Christ has for us, if we're serious about walking with God in all that we do, we need to make the time. And one of those areas I believe is so important is small groups so that we can share with one another, so that we can rejoice with those who rejoice, we can weep with those who weep. That's the calling that we have. And just a, very briefly, a word of warning about that. You know, Paul writes in two verses. Uh, in verse 3, he says, Do not think of yourself more highly than you should. Instead, be modest in your thinking. And in verse 16, he says, Have the same concern for everyone. Do not be proud, but accept humble duties. Do not think of yourselves as wise. One of the things that I think damages the opportunities for people who are suffering and finding things difficult at a particular time is sometimes people think they know all the answers for the person. You know, I know how you should act. That's not what we're called to do. We may be called to listen and to walk with people, but we're not necessarily told to tell them exactly how they should 
Because my experience of that is, and I have had people in the past who, uh, who come to me and tell me if I've got an issue or a problem that I need to deal with, they tell me exactly how I should be dealing with it. And it doesn't help me, because very often I've thought about the things that they're talking about, and for one reason or another it may not be appropriate. We actually need to walk with people, and sometimes we may feel we know something that's best for them. But we need to be careful about being proud, about thinking that we definitely know best. We may say things like, oh, have you thought of, would this help at all? What do you think about this idea? That helps develop relationships. Saying to people, what you should be doing is this, damages them. We need to walk together with wisdom, humbly, and helping people in the journey. Are we willing to do these things to develop our sharing with others? How good are we at doing it? Do we make time to share with other Christian brothers and sisters? Are we there for people to speak to us, that we will listen? Will we speak to others and walk with them? If we want to know the true value of life and walk with God, that's what we need to follow. We need to be people who are willing to put the time into walking with God in these things. Finally, loving like a family. If someone has done you wrong, do not repay him with a wrong. Try to do what everyone considers to be good. Do everything possible in your part to live in peace with everybody. The German philosopher Schopenhauer talked about porcupines and related it to the church. He said, the church can be like a group of porcupines you know, who, on a really cold winter's night, huddle together for warmth. But the closer they get, the more they realise that their sharp quills will hurt one another. The truth is that exactly the same thing can happen in the church. The closer we get to one another, we discover that the sharp quills that we have start hurting us. The truth is, if you and I are a part of a church family, we will be hurt by others. There will be others who do things wrongly to us. They will mistreat us. There will be people who have their concerns for their particular issues, and it will leave us being hurt. We want different things. We get on with different things. We find different things really important to us. The reality is that church can be a place of pain. And we need to be honest and realistic about that. But that doesn't mean to say that what we should do is to withdraw. Because porcupines who withdraw in the cold winter and go off on their own can end up freezing to death. As Christians, if we feel ourselves hurt by what others do and withdraw from the church family we can end up freezing to death in our Christian faith we are made to be part of a Christian family that's what we need to do we need to be a part of that and therefore we're going to need to be a people of forgiveness we need to love like a family you know there's no place like many families and I know it's not true in every single family but many families you see people getting hurt but they get on with life they forgive, they work through their issues, and they carry on again. Still loving one another because of the importance of family. We need to love like a family that works like that, where we forgive when we're hurt, 
when we seek to walk in unity with others, to do everything that is within our power to live in peace with everybody else. That's the challenge that we face. Have you discovered what it means to be part of the family where forgiveness is required? And are you able to do that? This is what's important about walking together. The truth is we're formed for God's family. We need to belong to a group. We need to be working together for God's glory. We need to be sharing with one another. We need to love one another like family. That's what it is to be formed for God's family. So I just want to ask you this question. Knowing this, you were formed for God's family. Knowing that as truth, what are you going to do this week to deepen your fellowship with others? What are you going to do to show that you have been formed for God's family? I asked this question about worship last week. Ask the same question about worship again this week. What are you going to do this week that is going to bring pleasure to God? But also, what are you going to do this week to deepen your fellowship with others? That's the challenge for each of us in our lives. May God help us to enjoy the family that he has created for us for and to be committed to it. Amen. We're going to bring the service to a close, singing a final hymn. Just as we do that, I'm aware that the first thing I spoke of, the first point I made, was about belonging to God's family. And there may be people here who are particularly interested in baptism or church membership. We are running another baptismal course fairly shortly. So if you would like to know more about baptism or church membership, please speak to me after the service. Let's join together in singing. Christ is made the sure foundation, Christ the head and cornerstone, chosen of the Lord and precious, binding all the church in one. Let's stand and sing, reminding ourselves that we are part of a church built as one in God's family.
So let's share in the grace with one another. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.